0: Avalanche devils hurt Welcome everyone to season two of here in Puckburg, your place for the daring, do bad and good Puck Tales on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, with another brand new episode of Puck Tales. A woo woo. And you know who at the other end of the woo woo is none other than PHF star of your defending reigning champion, Boston Pride. And that's Mallory let's see, it's Soliotis, right? Soliotis?
1: Whoa, Soliotis.
0: Soliotis, got it the second time. Hey, I was born and raised in Alabama. Pronunciation of names is just, it's one of those things we have to overcome.
1: It's all good. You're not the first one and you definitely won't be the last one. It's a a tough one.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, but I, first of all, it's an honor to have you on. Um, The whole thing behind here in Puckberg is not just get your on ice story, but everything off ice and anyone who knows you and is familiar with you and your story you have a fascinating story with what you do and juggle and it's one of those things I really was excited when you wanted to come on and talk about it was I wanted to get your story out there so before we get to all the the good stuff we'll start at the very beginning the question I ask everyone why hockey and what got you into hockey in the first place
1: Yeah, so that's a pretty good story. Uh, I'm a middle child. So my brother's three years older. And growing up, we all did between my older brother and my younger sister, we all did a lot of sports. So growing up, I did, you know, hockey, soccer, baseball, gymnastics, everything. But specifically, what got me into hockey was as the younger sibling, and you know, my brother being my parents first kid, is they both wanted to, you know, be there to watch him grow up to skate. My My dad grew up playing hockey. He was actually more of a, a goalie growing up um, and played beer league and plays with his work teams um, and all that. Um, so when my brother was born, he got on the ice, you know, three-ish years old and I got dragged along as the youngest sibling to, you know, learn to skate. And as he, you know, got better mosquitoes, mites, all that. And it turned into, okay, mom, like I, I want to do that and so my mom actually this is a really funny story my mom actually took me to the figure skating rink that was next to the uh hockey rink because there weren't a lot of girls playing hockey even at Mm -hmm. my brother's age um she so she took me over there and we were watching the figure skating and we essentially got kicked out of watching the figure skating team practice because it was a closed practice Uh and my mom's just laughing to herself like this woman is going to kick out this mom who doesn't know how to skate and this 3-year-old girl like okay great idea you just lost a potential figure skater yeah. um so then she took me over and it was hockey skates right off the get go i loved it um i loved be like playing with my friends a bunch of my friends uh growing up in in uh, like kindergarten and preschool that we all did hockey together and um it just took off from there i think and something that's pretty much in my personality is i like want to be better than the person yeah. next to me. So I had to be better than my brother, of course. That's you know the good old sibling rivalry. So uh right off right from there it just it took off. I loved it. Um and just haven't looked back honestly.
0: All right. So growing up um getting turned away from a closed figure skating practice and really kickstarting that love of hockey. Where on planet earth were you located when this happened? What was the state of youth hockey and girls hockey in that location?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Acton, Massachusetts, which is a small town outside, like 40 minutes outside Boston. Um, growing up, it was primarily a lot of boys playing hockey, uh, even my brother's age, even at my age. But there were a few girls. And of course, you know, having two or three girls at my age, we were naturally just like the best friends. Like, yeah. obviously, we're, we're in this together. So growing up, I played on our town in our town program, which was co-ed. And there were only a few of us girls, but we kind of, you know, went through the ages together. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I turned, I think I was like, when I got to like U eight, maybe, um, I started playing on an all girls club team, uh, called Asabit Valley, which is like before my time was a perennial powerhouse girls hockey program, churning out division one Olympic Mm. athletes. Like it was their job. Um, but it was also conveniently located 10 minutes from my house. So super hey. convenient. It was going to work. So I got to play on this co-ed boys team, but I also was playing on an all girls team. And of course the all girls team was super fun, um, super competitive, but I also really appreciated my time playing with the boys. I played through peewees, which back then there was checking in peewees. And that really taught me a lot about how to play physically mm-hmm. and how to incorporate that into my game playing with the girls. Um, so that was, I, it just gave me a new appreciation for that physical aspect of the game and how to play safe, but also like how to prepare myself personally for body contact, whether it's legal or not, because as you've seen in girls hockey, there's a little bit of hitting, whether it's legal or not is, you know, up in the air and up to the refs. So, um, yeah, it kind of just took off from there playing with the girls and then playing on a Mostly boys team, but there were a couple of girls that I grew up playing with
0: so you said you your first all girls team was u eight
1: yeah, actually wow
0: that's yeah. that's incredible a lot of a lot of like guests we've had on talking about their experience that usually doesn't come along till at least like their teens so yeah, yeah,
1: it's crazy. I think in outside Boston, there were a couple club teams when I grew up, especially at that age I think there was like maybe two or three in massachusetts three might be pushing it um and it was just convenient that one of them was so close to my house um and uh you know a couple of the girls that i played with my town team we all went there um kind of together and played there together so it was really i was really lucky and fortunate to have that opportunity um and you know recognizing you know boston is boston and new england in general is a huge hockey hub um now even more so um, but I think my age at U8 that really kickstarted the hockey movement um, for for this area for sure.
0: And that's what I was just about to ask. Like you said, you got turned away from that closed practice at three, and then you had the all girls team at U8. When in there, or was it the U8 squad that really just like cemented that? I think this is something that I could really get involved in. Where it like you really it got your hooks in you, and you're like. I think hockey is a path that I'm really going to go because you mentioned you were playing soccer, and I think you said basketball as well, or Um, some other sports.
1: I actually did baseball. I was like the only girl um, in the town that did baseball.
0: Well, at what point did hockey pull away from those other sports, or did you bring other sports in tow?
1: Um, I did. So I did hockey from then on. Um, Soccer was a really big one for me, Um, pretty much into high school um though it was kind of it was also a good break from hockey you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of I mean I look now at some of the kids growing up and I think they're getting burnt out there's just too much hockey yeah. go do something else because I think there's a lot you can learn and take from other sports um so it was really important to my parents to make sure I was a very a multi athlete rather than just um a hockey player and for a long time, it was always soccer and hockey. Sock and it, you know when I was in hockey season, we loved hockey. When it was mm-hmm. in, when I was in soccer season, I loved I love soccer. So yeah. um, it was really both of them for a long time. And I think going into middle school to beginning of high school, I think that's when hockey started to really separate itself. As I started to see uh, a, a future in hockey for myself, especially at, the, at that time, my dream was you know Division one college hockey so and, that's kind of where it took from there
0: and you definitely got there and it going to the soccer point like I'm a former soccer player as well and there's a lot of parallels you could draw in between oh, yeah. like soccer and hockey you could build off of like the other sports it's kind of off on its own but like the way the plays are set up in soccer and just the constant constant motion it translates well for hockey so it's it one helps the other and you can take things from one and add it to the other sport and improve on it. It looks like hockey was the clear front runner there. And so you kept going all the way through. Um, Was there anything notable before you uh, started attending Yale or where did that all come in? How did that process go?
1: Uh, Committing to Yale? Yes. Um, So I think when I, so I ended up going to a private school, uh, Mm -hmm. Noble and Greenhouse School, um, To for both my academics, but also in athletics, it was the best opportunity in my parents and I's opinion to get that college scholarship. My public school had a very good, very, very good academic Mm -hmm. system, but athletically um, I needed to do something a little bit more. So going to Nobles, it offered me a really good opportunity to get that visibility to all college coaches, but also to continue to, you know, grow my game and also become um, a really, really good student as well, and I think starting my sophomore year, I started to see some schools and, and contacting coaches. And honestly, initially, my col- my high school coach was like, "You should really consider some D three programs. You could easily um, check out Middlebury, Bowdoin, some of the really, really good schools, but also very good, you know, hockey programs." And I was like. Yep. That's, we'll keep that in the back of our mind. But I think for me, I was, I was dead set on a division one program and through some really good play during my, you know, junior year in high school, uh, on my high school team, but also on my, my, uh, club team, um, I was able to get an offer from Yale and I was, I was ecstatic. I mean, for anyone who gets an opportunity to go to one of the best universities in the entire world, I don't know how you, You you know, think twice. Um, So it was a really good academic opportunity, but also um, a really exciting opportunity for my hockey development. Um, They weren't the strongest program when I got there, but I was really looking forward to helping you know helping that program and my team you know take those next steps and grow um, from there.
0: And what part of this process did you? Because we'll talk about what you do off the ice as well. Um, with working in the labs and the research and the in the medical field, at what part of this process did that come along that you also knew this is also what I want to do? That it was um because I, I mean I know your story. I know I know how it kind of goes, but where did it like um become more of a this is where your heart is? You know, there's like a lot founded behind that. And what was it like towing the two and keeping those two rolling, especially going into Yale?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I always loved math and science. Math still, and always did, it made sense to me. There's one answer and there's only one answer. Yeah. Um, very black and white.
0: Yeah.
1: How you get there might be a little bit of a journey, but um, I, I really enjoy math because it just makes sense to me. Um, science-wise, loved biology. I loved doing the little animal dissections in elementary Mm -hmm. school and in middle school and high school and all that. So I knew I wanted to do something math and science, not only because I enjoyed it, but I was also good at it. And Mm -hmm. who doesn't love something that they're actually good at? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a a big driving factor sometimes. And when I was younger, my grandmother was unfortunately diagnosed with breast cancer and had a double mastectomy and um, went on to live several more years, but unfortunately uh, had a brain tumor metastasized from that original um, battle with cancer. Um, She had surgery, but unfortunately um, ended up with a case of pneumonia and just um, didn't make it out of there. So for me, it was, I just didn't want anyone else to have to go through that. I really wanted to get into the cancer field And I really thought my math and science mindset would be a great tool to take into that field and learn more about and, you know, work in the drug and pharmaceutical industry. Um, So for me, I always knew kind of biology or some sort of engineering. My entire family is engineers, actually, fun fact. So I kind of had to, not I had to choose one, but I think it was a no brainer. Um, So looking at Yale and some of the other colleges I was looking at, I was always cognizant of what programs were offered and how they would best fit my academic and professional pursuits. And Yale has one of the very highly touted biomedical engineering programs, which is exactly what I wanted to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Biology,
1: medical, engineering, perfect, perfect yeah. fit. And I was really excited to have that opportunity to study at you know such a premier institution, but also doing something I love and something I'll be able to easily apply to my the other half of my life. You know, I always think of myself as as a hockey player, but also, um, you know, a student. I'm always a student of the game. I'm a student of, you know, studying and I still am. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm always learning. I really do enjoy learning more things. Um, So that's it was kind of a no brainer at that point. It, It all fell into place at that point.
0: And see I love hearing those light switch moments like when it comes to people in their game and like when they're they realize this is where I know I can excel and the same when it comes to careers and kind of for lack of a better word they're calling where they know I know I could do this this and this and instead of approaching it from a mindset of this is something I can do this is something I want to do and I know I can add to this with what I have in my knowledge and you can you can tackle this in your professional life and your in your career in sports, like you can, you know what you have, and you know how you can contribute. And the the shift on mindset when it comes to those two things has always been fascinating to me. So I loved that story of like that light switch moment where you're like, I know I can, I, math and science, which are not my strong suits. Um, like I know I can do these really well. And you had that moment where you're like, you know what? No one else has to endure what I had to. I'm going to help this out and take my strengths and build it here. And it worked out beautifully with the, with the hockey and your career in the medical field with going to Yale. It's a beautiful marriage in that, in that pathway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an incredible four years. And I'm really appreciative of everything that I went through. It wasn't easy. Um, I don't think if you go to any division one program, you know, it's, being a student and an athlete is not easy. It's not for everyone. Um, And it takes a little, there's, there might be a little bit of growing pains, but I think everyone kind of goes through that. And for me, growing up in, in high school at my private school, we had to do sports so that, you know, we're also learning those teamwork ideals and, you know, accountability and stuff like that. So having to juggle, you know, your commitment to your team, but also your academics in high school under a very vigorous schedule, um really helped prepare me for college because I was I feel like for me I was more than ready and that at some points high school was a lot harder for me I was commuting 45 minutes to an hour to school that's one way it was wasn't easy I could have boarded but for my family we decided that wasn't what was best for me um and it was always an option to to do that in you know future years but it worked out better for me that Um, I do that. So I had very little time. I mean, if you think about it, I was waking up at six, leaving by 645 to be at school for our morning meeting at 8am. You know, school goes till three and then you're straight down to go to practice, whatever it is. And you get home and it's, you get dinner, you shower and you're doing work until whatever hour in order to get it done. So it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, and, you know, for me, it was, I committed to this, I need to do this. I'm going to give it hundred, hundred percent because I don't, you know, and even for me now, um, my personality is, is, I don't take something on, or if I do take something on, it gets done, you know, to the best of my ability. And if I can't, you know, give it everything that I have, then I need to, you know, bring someone in or ask for help.
0: And, and what part of the Yale journey? Um were you because I know you were drafted eighth in twenty
1: seventeen? Yep. Yep. So in between my junior and senior year of college.
0: And that would be year four or five of the in Um, the then NWHL?
1: Yeah, so it was after year three had finished. No, year Because I signed on during my senior year of college, okay. um, and I actually played two games after my college career, my college eligibility was used up. So I actually did participate, and I believe it must have been season uh, season four. I think,
0: I think it, it, yeah, S- uh, season. It was either season
1: season seven. seven. Season six was the bubble. Mm -hmm. Season five, we had made the final and we had COVID cancel it. And then the year before that was my first season. So that would have been season, my first full season. So that would have been season four.
0: Three or four. So I think
1: season three, yeah, somewhere in there early on. um, I was in college when they formed the NWHL. That's, that's what, that's as much as um, I could tell you.
0: And like. And at that point, like a lot of people didn't have the chance like to further pass college. You um like like that option really wasn't there. And with the then W NWHL and now the PHF, now that being a viable option, and also continue continuing your professional career, do you was it the challenge of just like the league in its infancy and making this work and jumping in like made you decide like I'm going to continue playing hockey and continue with my professional career. Because both, once you get out of college, both are viewed as kind of like it's that challenge mentality, like get my hands in there. I think I can really just make this work. And you could see like from where you started to where it is now, the huge leaps and bounds the league is doing. Was that one of the factors that went into you joining the NWHL?
1: I think for me, I, I love hockey. It's you know such, been such a huge part of my life. and any opportunity to play at a very high level, I was ready to jump at. Um, but at the same time, I had to recognize that you know my playing career is probably a lot shorter than many NHL players. Mm-hmm. So I also recognize that I need to also get into my professional career and, and start that. because you look, and there's a lot of players, especially from the US and Canada, that go and they play in Europe. Yeah. And but they're just playing. So they're not into their professional career yet. So mm-hmm. then by the time they come back, maybe it's a few years after college and they need to find a job, it's might be a little bit more difficult. So for me, any opportunity to play hockey at a really high level, if I can fit that with my career, then then let's do it. And I think, you know, choosing to play with the NWHL my first season, my first full season, might I add. Um, I knew it was a new, a new league. It was continuing to grow and I could either be a part of that change, be a part of that pioneering group of hockey players to, you know, hold the league's hand and and pull it towards the finish line or, or not, and just support it from afar as a fan. Um, so I think it was, a no brainer. Again, I love hockey. I love Boston, you know, playing for your hometown team. There's nothing like it. You look at the NHL and how many guys get to go and play for their hometowns. They're not many. Uh, So I was really fortunate that, you know, Boston had drafted me and continued to show interest after college. And I was able to get an opportunity with the team. And I always knew I could get a job here in Boston being one of the huge biotech hubs in the, in the world. Um, So I knew that would just come with a little bit of time and, um, and the right opportunity for me um, in the biotech world.
0: And that, that was going to be my next question. Like how much of Boston drafting you had um, any kind of pull on your decision? Because I mean, it's, it's everyone's dream. Like if you're in any sport of any kind, it even doesn't even have to be hockey. If you get the chance to play for your hometown team that just that adds to it and especially with the career you have it it really helps with a lot of that aspect where you're not having to you know have a home base in say buffalo toronto like it it helps to yeah. it helps to be home and like you have that sense of pride putting on that pride sweater so uh, i was wondering if that had anything to do with it
1: yeah i think i mean i'm from here you know boston's been you know my home i've always you know grew up cheering for the bruins and um. obviously I didn't cheer for the Boston pride growing up because they didn't exist. So, exactly. yeah. um. but now seeing so many young girls, you know, rooting for us and cheering for us, I can't wait for the day that those girls are now, you know, pulling on the Boston pride Jersey and, and playing for their hometown.
0: Um, and, I think- and see, and that's one of those, like from the, where you joined the, the NWHL to where it's now the PHF. And now you're starting to see like you, you just landed on espn plus it's readily available everyone like the twitch is where i really fell in love with watching the games um i really fell in love and that's where my fandom uh landed was joining twitch and you had your community and it's just this new thing and now like the rumors are they're gonna some certain athletes are gonna be starting to be added to the nhl 22
1: game <clears throat> yeah yeah, no, there's been a lot of huge steps. And actually this morning they announced our partnership with uh, Upper Deck to yes. have uh, trading cards made for the next five years, which is monumental. It's huge. The last time they had even like any woman on on a trading card, women's hockey player was back in the late 90s, you know, mm-hmm. just after I was born. So getting these trading cards out is huge to give these girls, you know, someone to look up to, something to strive for to something to dream about. And I think it's just um, between e- first it was Twitch last year and then jumping on to ESPN plus this year and now upper deck. I mean, we're, the opportunities are coming and um, we'll continue to grow from there. It's a really exciting time. It's awesome to be a part of it um, to, to have been here for, for several years where I wasn't making too much money to now making a little bit more and a little bit more. And just that's where the growth is and just getting, sponsors and companies and brands on board that want to support the athletes directly, uh, with our 50, 50 revenue split, which is incredible. It's those are the brands that really care about the athletes and want to do it, not for the coverage, but they're actually helping us. They're literally putting money in our pockets. So it's really exciting to have so many amazing groups and brands on board. Um, and that number just continues to grow.
0: And the thing I love the most is you ladies have taken the sport and made it to where you only really got interest in women's hockey when it came to like the Olympics. And then yeah. you, you kind of got fired up and then it kind of went away. And now with every team and their branding and their socials and all these huge deals that you, that everybody's landing, like it's gone from, Oh, it's women's hockey to, Oh, women's hockey. And that's something you flip the channel for. Like, yeah, it's not, it's, it,
1: not a four years watch on tv type of thing anymore it's it's you know every single year um you know we're anywhere um you know you have europe there's i think there's even a league in australia Mm -hmm. that's going on i think that's pretty cool um just continuing to to you know drive at home and i think having the olympics coming up this year is going to be really exciting time for all of women's hockey um around the world
0: And it's one of those that every time I have a guest from the PHF on, I always urge go on, get on the store, buy the merch, and especially the merch with names on it because it's also split. And I have a couple. I have a couple as well. Um, Some of the former guests we've had on here I go on and support. And we'll be having some of yours as well. Um, But you, you definitely go on. And if you've never watched a PHF game in your life, one, it's going to be hard not to. They're everywhere right now. Two, pick a team, get a shirt, fall in love with this team. Like, it's, yeah. it's one of the greatest leagues and, like, everything around it. It's definitely worth your watch. And before we wrap everything up, again, thank you again for coming on and sharing your story. Everything has been absolutely incredible. And um, why don't you throw out how people can find you and throw out how they can find the pride?
1: Yeah, so I think uh you can find me on Instagram at my palm the number fourteen, and then on Twitter at I think it's your palmal nine. I know super confusing, not <laughs> ideal. Um, but definitely following um, with our team, the Boston Pride. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Our TikTok is actually hysterical. I highly recommend. Me and um, a couple teammates have been doing some fun stuff and we got some fun ideas queued up. Um I think borderline we love having fun and we love interacting with fans even if it's you know virtually this year given everything so you know comment you know follow along buy some some players merch it doesn't have to be mine but if you do buy mine i'm actually donating and matching all proceeds um that i make so each player makes 15 percent off every t-shirt or jersey with their name on it i'm actually matching that and donating it to one of two charities. I got to figure it out. Either the last year, I, the last few years I've donated to the new England epilepsy foundation, which um, I've connected with a a young girl. Um, But I'm thinking of also adding another charity to be announced soon. I got to just make up my mind. Um, But I think I'll be donating um, those two, two charities that mean a lot to me. So it's not just helping me. It's, you know, helping other people too.
0: That's absolutely incredible. And that's man. I've, like I said, I've already got, I've got two in the cart right now. So um, yeah, it, it's good to hear that's going to a good cause. And again, before we wrap up, I have one last question. What was it like holding that Isabel cup?
1: Oh, I think that's everyone's favorite question. I don't, and I, I look back and it's, I don't know if it's still, it doesn't feel real still. Um, I mean, my ring is literally sitting over there on the counter um, oh. and it doesn't feel real, honestly. Um, just words don't describe it. I got, you know, McKenna gave it to me and, um, we'd been together since, you know, our first full season together. And we really felt like we were on that journey together. And it, for us, it was a long time coming for some of the veterans who hadn't gotten a cup, um, yet. And having that the previous season been so close, you know, 24 hours from potentially winning, but just losing that opportunity to even try um, to come back the next year and, kind of as an underdog um, by the time playoffs rolled around. But, yeah. you know, we got the job done in our home city and just indescribable. Just so much hard work, blood, sweat, tears from, you know, every single player past and present, all the staff. Just just that, that one moment, I think um, our photographer caught, like, me holding the cup up and it's just – the best picture of my entire life just best moment of my entire life just caught on film and then someone made it like a gif of it and it's like (laughs) i love um if i'm having a bad day i just go and look and be like yeah i'm a top champion not don't worry about it um
0: and that's and i wanted to purposely ask that question last because if this was anyone's first time hearing your story i wanted to hear like the culmination of that moment like everything you've gone through and what you've had to balance and juggle and what the huge payoff was at the end. And like, and you're, you're still roaring through this season. And if you get the chance, check out the Boston pride on ESPN plus, it's pretty incredible stuff, but like just for it all to come to that Isabel cup. Uh, I just, I had to know what that felt like skating around, yeah. holding that cup and yeah, definitely hold on to that ring. That's uh, you're, you're up there. And especially with like the league taking off as it is, you're one of those that people will point back to and it'll yeah. be one of those pictures that people point back to. So you can, you could rest on that. Like that's, that's a huge moment.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, I look back, it's probably the best moment of my life so far. So, yeah. you know, to, take it with what you got, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was the only thing was is our parents weren't in the stands cause it was a fanless game. So um, we have to win another one in order, you know, get our fans and all of our supporters through, you know, thick and thin and, and get our parents who you know told off the figure skating coach you yep. know i wish i had her name because i'd love to come back there yeah. and just tell her what happened
0: <laughs> yeah because of you and your clothes practice and you just hold the cup and you get your ring thank you and just walk off yeah drop yeah, the mic
1: exactly. just leave
0: <laughs> well thank you mallory so much for coming on it's been an absolute honor having you on and good luck with the rest of the season
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on and, and you know, taking the time to continue to help grow our sport. Um, I think we all really appreciate it. Um, yes. There's a lot of, you know, thankless work that's being done for our league and you're one of those people. So thank you.
0: Hey, I, I love every second of it and good luck to you guys in the future. And before we get out of here to everyone listening, thank you for stopping by here in Puckburg. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at hPuckburg on Instagram at here underscore in underscore Puckberg, and you might not know it yet, but this episode is on YouTube, so jump on over to here in Puckberg on YouTube, and you can watch this episode as well, so for me, myself, Mallory, thank you again for coming by, and we will see everyone else again very soon here in Puckberg.